Hey everyone, welcome to Everyday Perspectives, and I'm your host, Erin Panzarella. I am feeling super refreshed because I just had a full 24 hours by myself. It's really funny to say that sentence because I used to not enjoy alone time. I used to actually fear alone time. And I always needed something to fill that space. And that most likely was someone to fill that space, which is so not in alignment with my own truth and not alignment with my own actual desires. But it was this fear that I had that I needed to be around someone all the time because that's the only way that I could validate my existence or my relationship with them. I had a lot of codependency issues with a bunch of different people in my lifetime because of this fear that if I was not with someone, then they would never come back. And that's a whole route into my own abandonment issues that cause this codependency and cause this need to be in contact with people 24-7, to be around people 24-7, to not be okay with being by myself and not sorry, there's a bus, (laughs) not being able to hold the space for myself while I'm in a relationship because I was insecure. And I felt that I couldn't take the time for me because the other person would think that I was valuing myself over them. I really didn't know how to communicate my own value in relationships. I was so busy trying to tend to the other person that I completely forgot about myself and I never took the time that I needed to recuperate, to recharge, and it caused so many problems in the past. Last year, when John and I moved in together in March, I was living in Long Beach above my cousin's house, and I definitely had a lot of alone time. Every Friday night, I would just, like, wash my hair and blow dry it and do it really nice. It was, like, this self-care kind of ritual, which sounds somewhat silly, but it really was just kind of connecting with myself. And that was a way that I really enjoyed to do it. And then I just basically did whatever I wanted. And I loved having that time for me. It was like my Friday night ritual. And I really never made plans for the most part on Friday nights because I was like, okay, I need to be myself because I was also at my boyfriend's a lot. I was at a house where I lived above my cousin and like working and all that energy. I just really always needed that space. And last year was moving in with John I needed to refigure out how to get that alone time while being in an apartment with someone else when we don't have that much space to be apart. And that's been a really big adjustment for me going from basically never allowing myself to be alone in a relationship. I didn't even know that I could take time for myself into living by myself and not really having to worry about other people and then going back into a relationship, living with someone and figuring out what that means for me and how I can take care of myself and hold the space for myself while living with someone else without feeling guilty or without feeling like I'm doing something wrong. And that was that took a while and it still kind of creeps up at me like 
when John and I want to watch a show or he wants to watch a show and I'm like, you know what, I really need to go meditate or I need to go record the podcast at the drop of a hat or there's something that comes up that I really want to do. I still feel this kind of guilt like, oh, like he really wants to watch this show and he can't watch it without me because you know how that is. And I've felt in the past that I wasn't being a good girlfriend if I was taking the time alone for me, which is completely not true at all. I'm actually a way better girlfriend when I take the time for myself to recharge my batteries, to have this space for me and to allow him to have a space for himself as well. We all need our alone time. So John went on a little golfing trip this weekend, and it was the first time in over six months that I've been completely by myself in this apartment. And it was so needed. And it was also a great reminder because I can actually have this time for myself even when he's here. And I was doing that a lot over the last few months, but I kind of forgot a little bit and I kind of became complacent in not doing certain things for me because I was like, oh, but I can just hang out out here and watch TV with my boyfriend. And then I've noticed that here I am beating myself up for not spending more quality time with my boyfriend. But even when we're hanging out, of course, we have times where we're just both sitting on our phones, not talking at all, like trying to like decompress from the day. And we're not even interacting. So I'm like, you know, what? I really could have just went into the bedroom and meditated or did something. And it wouldn't have made a difference to him (laughs) at all. So I realized that in a lot of the situations recently because I haven't been taking so much time to come into the bedroom, kind of shut myself out and be by myself, except for when I'm recording the podcast. And a few months ago, I was actually taking like two hours a day just to be by myself, do what I wanted to do, read a book, meditate, practice yoga. I was taking a lot of time for myself and I was able to have even more quality time with John because we actually weren't together all the time. Like I was allowed to miss him, even though we were in the same apartment. Like I was excited to hang out with him as well when now it's just like, oh, we're always around, (laughs) especially we're working from home even more. Like we're always here. We're always around each other. And I love him so much, but it was just like so nice to be by myself. So I wanted to talk about my own transition from extremely codependent tendencies into really honoring my own alone time and understanding that it's extremely necessary and healthy and important for me to take this time for myself instead of feeling guilty for it. And I really don't feel guilty anymore, even though it does creep up in the back of my mind sometimes, but I've definitely worked on that mindset by continuously taking this time, even when I felt uncomfortable, like, ooh, like, what if he's going to be upset if I'm not going to watch a show or him? And like, I would see those thoughts come up and be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to listen to these thoughts because I know I need to go do this for me. And even though these thoughts are coming up, they'll go away. Thoughts always go away. And I really stopped listening to those voices because even though they were there, I knew that what they were saying wasn't based in truth. And it wasn't based in my highest good. It was based in fear and old thinking habits. And I really don't want to take action based on old thinking habits if those are habits that are based in fear. I want to take ones towards growth and love and understanding myself 
because each day I learned to understand myself even more. I guess I'm going to backtrack a little bit and start from the beginning. My codependency issues are 100% rooted in my childhood and my fears of abandonment from number one, being adopted, number two, my dad passing away, and number three, my mom and my relationship. And then I think that they got instilled a little bit more when my dad passed away last year, but recognizing them as they came up definitely helped me dissipate a lot of the power that they had over me. So I would constantly believe that I was going to be left. And that made me cling to people really tightly, like strangle them basically with my own attention because I was starving for attention and I needed theirs and I needed someone around me to prove my own worthiness when I really didn't feel like my worthiness was proved when I was younger. Of course, when I was growing up, I had both a great childhood and a terrible one at the same time, just because of the traumatic event of my dad passing away. Like I did have a privileged life and my mom did a lot of things right in a lot of ways, but we're all human and she did a lot of things wrong. And we all do things wrong. And we also are all trying to be better than the generation before us. So my mom did a million times better than her parents did. But there's a lot of underlying stuff that goes on under the surface that cause people to be imperfect in their interactions. And parents are extremely responsible for how their children's mindsets grow up, but they're struggling humans as well. They have their own stuff to work through. Like I just think about myself and like all these issues that I have, I don't want to pass this on to my future children, but I think part of it is inevitable unless I truly heal and unless I'm open, unless I share like what's going on. It's really fascinating to watch it because I'm seeing just how my mom's own mindset impacted me and how her actions impacted me and how we both became codependent on each other growing up because my mom and me didn't have any consistency except for each other. And when that one person is your consistent person, of course, you're going to cling together. And that's what my mother and I did. And we cling together, but we also repelled. So it was like these two very intense energies repelling and trying to get back together over and over again. And we clashed in so many different areas of our lives and just our personalities clashed and if she felt very strongly about something and I felt very strongly about something we would both fight about it and I've mentioned before in my triggers episode that my mom is my biggest trigger I know that but it's also because she's the person who's been in my life my whole life when everyone else has left for the most part like I really don't have too many people that have been with me through it all except for my mother and my mom is the same way My mom lost a lot of people in her life more than I have. So we both have this fear of being left or that something's going to change. So we both grasped onto each other and we had a very tangled web. And that's how I see our relationship is like so beautiful, but it's also messy. And I think that's the case for most people because we're all different. So relationships can, can get really messy sometimes. And she and I 
especially because we're into a lot of the same spiritual practices, we've done a lot of healing on our own relationship and it's immensely better than it's ever been before. But those things that came up in my childhood and those things that came up while she was raising me still remain. They're still there. And I truly know that recognizing that they're there helps me realize when they're coming up. So they help me take a step back instead of taking action, instead of being triggered or instead of immediately reacting in any given moment, I can take a step back and see like, hmm, where is something old coming up right now? So when I have a fear now of going to take some space for myself and that the other person is going to be mad or the other person is going to want to leave me or they're not going to be around, I have to take, take a step back and say, you know what, this is old stuff coming up. And I still have to go take the action that's good for me. And that feels right, even when my body or old habits that are in my cells still are telling me that this thing is going to be the end. This thing, this fear that I have is going to manifest, that it's going to come true. But growing up with having these codependent tendencies with my mother, and I definitely think I developed them at times with my dad, it transferred into other relationships and it transferred into my relationship with myself. It transferred into me not believing that I could be alone and okay. I had been left so many times and it really devastated me because I was so young when this happened that I really didn't believe that I would be okay even though I survived all of the things that happened to me. It just felt so traumatic and devastating. Being left felt like the worst thing in the world for me. And I think that still is the case in a lot of aspects. So much of the times that I was left, it wasn't because of the other person. It was because that I was abandoning myself. And the situations that I was manifesting just automatically mirrored me abandoning myself. And it caused the other person to leave. And I think that all the things that have happened in my life have led me to here and now. So I have no regrets. And I do know there's a lot of reasons why things didn't work out with other people. But I also see how I abandoned myself so much in the past and I manifested people leaving. And I don't want to do that. I never want to abandon myself in the name of a relationship. And truly, I think we romanticize that in today's society We think that this crazy, stupid love is what you want. It's romantic. It's this Hollywood, big kind of larger than life love. But a lot of that is just chaos. It's not love. It's attachment. It's codependency. It's like this, I can't live without you. And I've been in that space of believing that. And that's not an empowered place to live. That's a fearful place to live that someone outside of you controls whether or not you live or die, basically. If you put it in that way, you're like, oh, that sounds kind of ridiculous. But that's truly how we live in a lot of ways. We believe that if this person leaves me, I'm I'm not gonna survive it. And I know enough in my own life to say that's not true. Of course I'll survive this. And I'll learn a hell of a lot from it. And understanding that has helped me not be so codependent because I realize that I'm the only person that's going to be around forever. If anyone's going to be here, it's me. I'm the only one who's been with me my whole life. And I'm the only one who's going to be here with me until the very end. And recognizing that doesn't really give me a choice in whether or not I show up for myself. I mean, it does because everything is a choice, but it also is like, how can I not show up when that's the whole point of my life? It's just 
constantly showing up for myself and seeing what unfolds from that. And recognizing this has really helped me with my own ability to be very happy by myself. And even growing up, I was an only child, so it really wasn't rare for me to be by myself. I didn't have any problems entertaining myself. Basically, I was always like really into doing schoolwork. I was always into drawing. I was, I mean, like I had a lot of imaginary friends and I remember like talking to myself all the time when I was little because kids do that. But I really didn't have a problem with being by myself because I was so used to it. Like there really wasn't a choice. I had to be by myself because I had no siblings and my mom worked. And yeah, of course I would hang out with my babysitter or my dad when he was in the picture. But other than that, I was by myself and I was actually very content. Like I could get lost with just playing and pretending and drawing and whatever I was doing. But one day I grew up to believe that because I was alone or because I had no one around me, I wasn't good enough or they would never come back. So I had to keep them all around just to make, just to keep an eye on them to make sure that they would stay. And eventually that manifested into having very codependent relationships, especially romantic, which all stem from my parental relationship was, has been codependent in the past. And I definitely still observe it when those codependent mentalities come up with my interactions with my mom. But this weekend alone by myself without John, I was just like so happy. And I wasn't thinking like, oh, like I'm so sad. Like, of course it was only for a day, but I do remember like being alone and being like, oh my God, I miss him so much. I have no idea what to do with myself. Like, no, I was like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I remember I wanted to wake up really early this morning because I just wanted to have this time even more with myself because I literally felt like I was having a sleepover with my best friend last night. I did my nails. I did my makeup. I play around with like my nose rings and I put in like my fake like septum nose ring. And I just always have so much fun. And I did my hair and I had like a two hour happy hour with Jess and it was so much fun. And I did an energy healing session yesterday. And I just like literally had so many things to do. I cleaned the apartment, which made me feel really great. And it just all felt so good. And it wasn't like this need to have John or like need to have him answer. Like he texted like a few times and it really was just like me wanting to make sure that he was like safely there. And like he checked in a few times. It was nothing. I remember being by myself and like staring at my phone, like, oh, why isn't he answering? I just remember that mentality of even then I was like, you know, it's fine. Like he's with his friends, blah, blah, blah. But I would still have this fear like, oh, my God, is he OK? Why isn't he speaking? Just all these no truth based fears arising. And last night I was just legit having the time of my life. I got these new Truly Lemonades that were really delicious. So I had like a few of those and I just, you know, I watched Working Mom season four highly recommend and then I watched the new girl for like most of the night because working mom season four was really short I was cracking up by myself watching the new girl it was hilarious and like those are things that I really don't do with John because he's not into some like the girly shows that I love I always loved comedy shows like the new girl how I met your mother friends the office and Parks and Rec like those are like my favorite kinds of shows because they're so lighthearted or 30 Rock 
John, like, we rewatched a few shows and, like, he's been open to them. But, like, those are the shows that I have on in the background. I always had them on, like, just, like, chilling and not paying attention to anything. But I throw them on and, like, I check in if I'm, like, on my computer and I'm just, like, cracking up by myself. And it just really was such a fun time. And it just makes me realize how far I've come because I've learned to love this time by myself. And because I've made a point to take this time for me, I'm able to really enjoy it. I remember when I felt like being alone meant I was lonely. And now I know you can't be lonely when you love the company. And I truly love my own company. And I understand if you're like constantly by yourself, like I understand there could be like a longing to have a companion or have something. But truly, I know I really wasn't able to be free in my relationships until I realized I had to love myself and love my time alone first. And when me and John had met each other, like I had been spending a lot of time by myself. I was still kind of at some points like stuck in that mentality, but I've done a lot of healing on my relationship patterns and my codependency. And I've been living away from my mom for months at that point. I just really enjoyed the time alone. And I was realizing that people that I was inviting in infringed on that alone time because they were themselves codependent or I was just not so I really just couldn't stand that type of energy anymore and I understood that and then that's when me and John met and it just was way healthier of a mindset for me to be in and that's why I know that John and my relationship is so much healthier because I wasn't needing someone else I was happy having this alone time and having this alone space. And then he and I, he and I connected, but it took some time like after he and I connected and after we moved in together for me to like reintegrate alone time into my space. When we first met, I really was coming here a lot. I think I felt just like maybe a little bit more comfortable because he had an apartment by himself sometimes with my cousin. It was still my cousin's house. I know it was my house too. And I definitely got more comfortable as time went on, but still I just didn't have a kitchen, like a full kitchen. And there was just some things about being in the apartment that I felt a little more comfortable in. I still kind of clung to John in some ways. I was like at his place a lot. We worked really close to each other. So the commute to work was way easier than it was from Long Island. And I was at John's place a lot before even moving in. And then we moved in a year and a half after we had met. And realizing that I needed this alone space was so vital to me being able to thrive. I remember when I first moved in, both of us went through an adjustment period. And it was weird for both of us. And I was kind of nervous in the beginning because we both loved each other so much, enjoyed our time together. But we realized that this was a really big adjustment for both of us of me being there 24-7. And I think that with any relationship, that's totally the case, that to be together all the time, especially when you're in an apartment, but any case, is a really big adjustment. And I used to take it very lightly and be like, oh, this is like the steps that you take. You know, you, you start dating, you move in, blah, 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 blah. Society dictates whatever. But then I realized like, no, wow, actually this is like a really big deal. And I never really honored that. And I never really honored that like, hey, I have to maintain my own time within this. And I think that when I first moved in, I kind of discussed that with John, like just letting him know like, hey, like I do need my alone time. And he was totally on board. He's never made me feel guilty at all. Like 
so understanding about it, which if he wasn't, we would not be together. He's really understanding with everything. I always trusted him saying it was okay. And I think that was important to just have this kind of person that you feel safe and you feel like they're telling the truth. But it still was a mental block that I had to work through. Like, hey, I need to take this time for me. And that's totally, completely great and healthy. And I need to honor my own space. And it was this place that I never had been in before. I never realized how true that was until living together and being a little off and realizing I have a lot of hobbies that I like to do by myself. And he has a lot of hobbies that he likes to do. And he has a lot more friends than I do. Like I only have a handful of friends, but he was like always going out. I could have made plans with people, but I was, I legitimately have to be by myself and have this time alone. Definitely a very outgoing person. I think I'm extroverted, but I also need recharge time by myself. And that is 100% true. That's always been true. Like you can ask my mom. I always was that person that needed to be alone, even though I was like outgoing. And I really just wanted to talk about this on the episode because I remember that guilt that I felt for taking the time for me while I was in relationships that was just existing because I was fearful. It had nothing to do with other person. If the other person makes you feel uncomfortable for taking time for you, that's something that's a very important indicator. Or are you just projecting and are you just feeling guilty when the other person doesn't make you feel guilty at all, but you're just like assuming that they are and like you take something that they say the wrong way because you're already in your head. Oh my God, is he going to be mad? And then they say something and maybe they sound short or something. And then you get all in your head like, oh my God, are they mad at me for taking time by myself? I remember being in that space and I just want to say, stop it. (laughs) No. Even if someone else is mad for you taking care of you, do it anyway. Do it anyway. That is one of the most important messages ever. When you feel the fear of doing something good for you, do it anyway. And I think there's a lot of emphasis on being fearless. But fearless isn't no fear. Fearless is just fearing less. You fear what you're about to do less than not doing it. And you truly cannot have courage unless you have fear and you do it anyway. Do you have a mindset that it's not okay to be alone or that being alone means being lonely? What do you think about it? Because I know that I still have a lot of work to be done in that area. Do you feel happy when you're alone or do you feel lonely? And be truthful with yourself about it because you don't have to feel guilty for feeling what you feel. But it's also very important to explore that. Get honest. Because I know a lot of people are fearful that if they take time for themselves, it's going to ruin their relationship. And you know what? That could be the case in some times. Do it anyway. There is nothing more risky than not being true to yourself, than not taking the time for you. There's nothing riskier than that. And I've realized that anything that can get ruined in me following the path of my own inner guidance, let it fall. Let it break. It's happened before and it'll happen again. And I'll come out with way more wisdom. 
And it's in a very empowering place to be when you love your own company. So this time by myself for the past day was like so freaking perfect because I've been feeling a little off and I'm just like, you know what? This is time for me to be my own best friend during my energy healing, which I'm still unpacking. So I didn't really want to discuss it yet. But I was talking about how my inner bully comes up and the person that says all these really negative things is so unkind. My thoughts can be very unkind. I can be my biggest bully. And that's when I'm in a place of fear. But when I'm in a place of truth and when I'm excited about life, I am my own best friend. And that is such a great space to be in. And that's the place that I want to be in more often. I'm not going to be there all the time, but I can be there more. And it starts with asking the important questions. How do I feel when I'm by myself? And being honest about that. What fears come up when I'm alone? How can I take time for me today? What can I do each day to set this space for me? What I'm going to be doing is refocusing on meditating. I'm going to get into that in another episode, but I just ended a 185-day streak of meditating in a row, and it was like very hard for me to accept that. I know how great I feel when I meditate daily. So that's my recommitment is to meditate daily. Take this time for me to be by myself in my room meditating daily. It could be one thing that you do. I'm gonna, I plan to do on more things, but that's the one thing I'm going to refocus on right now. That's how I can show up for me. How can you show up for you? That's really all I wanted to speak about during this episode. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I reformatted the podcast a little bit. I have a lot of exciting changes coming up. I redid the podcast cover, which was a very fun and creative project for me. And I renamed all the episodes because I definitely see going in a new direction. And I'm very excited about it. So as I said, this will be ever evolving. And I'm excited to have you with me as it grows and as we figure things out together. I'm going to read a card and then I just want to end with a few deep cleansing breaths for our mindfulness moment today. All right. I just pulled the card from the Work Your Light Oracle deck and I mentioned this and I linked it in another podcast episode, but I'll link it again. The card is Leap. You go first. The universe will catch you. Life bends for the courageous. Holy shit, guys. The universe wants to support you, but first you need to leap, to throw your life up in the air. Perhaps you know what you are being called to leap toward or away from, but are scared to make the move. Or maybe perhaps you are waiting for a big fat sign or instruction manual or permission to do so first. If this is you, then this card is your sign and permission slip to take a deep breath and leap into the unknown. It's scary to let go of all that we know and hope for something new. And it's normal to fear anxious at the thought of letting go of what we know for sure. But this is unavoidable process of rising. And right now, this is how you are being called to live. Nature is constantly showing us how to live with courage. Fall comes every year and encourages the trees to loosen their grip. To allow what once was so full of life to fall away leaf by leaf. For a moment, it feels like nothing will grow again. The branches are left bare without the comfort of what once was. But in the morn of spring, new shoots begin to appear and something new is born that is even more glorious than before. Work your light action. You go first. Take a good run up and leap. 
I'm literally crying <laughs> reading that because I just know how true it is. I think it's very relevant to this whole podcast episode. And I hope that you guys get something out of that message because I know I certainly did. All the feelings, feeling emotional because <laughs> it's just, I just know how true and how deeply that resonates. So take the leap. Let's do it together. And now I just want to end this moment with a few deep cleansing breaths. But before we get into the breathing, if you want to just sit up in your chair a little bit and watch your breath as it goes in and out. And whenever it feels right for you, if you want to take four deep cleansing breaths, sighing out the exhale, you can join me and go at your own pace after the first one with a deep breath in. And sigh it out. I'm going to go with three more if you want to join. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so grateful that you're listening and here with me and I'll catch you on the next one.